Hey, this is Brian with Mid City Vineyard Church. Mid City Vineyard is located in the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana. We worship on Saturday nights at 6 o'clock. If you want to learn a little bit more about us, check us out on Facebook, Mid City Vineyard, Instagram at Mid City Vineyard, and online, midcityvineyard.org. This past weekend, we were looking in the book of Matthew at the story of John the Baptist and the saying where Jesus actually says to John's disciples and to John, blessed is the one who does not fall away when I do not do things as you thought I might, or something like that, a bit of a paraphrase. We call this rerouting, when things don't go the way we expect them to go, and how do we navigate some of those closed roads in our lives. Much peace to you. Let's get over to the podcast. For those who further participated, I think this is just another way that we're going to get each other talking and get start getting more of our, uh, our stuff out there as we connect with each other. I, I like this. This way you don't have to do it. I read it for you and you don't have to put your name on it. When I reflect back on my week, I now recognize that God was present when I was surrounded by friends and family at my stepmom's memorial services. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. When I reflect back on my week, I now. I read that one already. I must have gotten. Oh, okay. Here we go. When I was reflecting back on my week, I now recognize that God was present when I was frustrated when I was exhausted, when I worked longer and harder, when I was stressed, when I got sick, and when I wanted to give up, when I wanted to quit, when it all came full circle last night as I met a friend and talked about our weeks together. I realized I am blessed and God was there all along. Yeah, right on, thank you. When I reflect back on my week, I now recognize that God was present when my boys wanted me to go to a movie with them. They still want to spend time with me, and I felt incredibly blessed. Thank you. When I reflect back on my week, I now recognize that God was present when I had an overwhelming feeling of contentment and peace throughout the week, which is not the norm for me. Right on. Thank you. And I think this one... When I reflect back on my week, I now recognize that God was present when I was very hesitant to follow God's lead, to read that day's devotional to one of my patients. But I did. One hour later, his wife showed me the same entire reading texted to her by a friend. (laughs) We all felt God's presence and were overwhelmed. Right on. Thank you. So I would like to just say, God, thank you. As a community of faith, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your you always being with us. And even in the times that we don't recognize it, Lord, when we look back and, and all of a sudden it's like it's like a, a, a light bulb. It's, it's a moment. And so we thank you. And Lord, this week, may we be even more present. May we have greater awareness of what you're doing all around us, even in the moments that you're doing it. And we bless you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. This was cool. Thanks for doing this. This uh, this gives you, I hope, something to hold on to, too. Just recognizing what God is, is doing, is always doing. 
Tonight, I want to start, um, I have been, you guys, uh, I, I titled this, <laughs> Rerouting. So last week, it was, you are here, and we had kind of the pin dropped on the map, like this is where you find yourself. And then, as I was uh, talking to a friend this morning, I, this, this idea, is, as she and I were discussing some things, this idea just kind of came about, and I got to thinking, I think this is maybe something that God has for us this evening as a community of faith. Uh, this idea of rerouting. So, you know, when you pull up your, uh, do I need this? Do I need this? Or am I good like this? Can we hear me? So when we do, when you use Google Maps, you know, the drill and you're, you're uh, uh, cruising along and you realize you have to take a right turn. Here you come, you're coming up on, on Galvez and you're supposed to take a right. And next thing you know, you've passed Galvez and the next street's a one way going left. And so you can't take a right and you just keep going. And what does your phone say to you? Rerouting, rerouting. The best is when you're driving for Uber and you have people in your car and it's talking out loud and it says, take a right on Galvez. And then the next thing it says is rerouting. And you're like, yeah, sorry about that. We're going we're gonna to get that fixed. It's this idea that, that uh, your, your computer knows where the ultimate destination is. You have an idea where the ultimate destination is, but you missed it along the way or something changed along the way. Maybe the road was blocked. Maybe the road was closed. Maybe there was road work going on. That's not very often in New Orleans. But, you know, uh, maybe the road was flooded. Maybe the, whatever it might be. But there has to come about a bit of a rerouting. In Matthew chapter 11, uh, let me read verses 1 through 6 to you here. Let me, before I read that to you. Let me set this up. I want you to keep in mind that when Jesus arrived in Galilee some 2,000 years ago, the Jewish people of the day had an expectation. They had an expectation of the Messiah, what the Messiah would look like, and what the Messiah would ultimately do. And their general overarching expectation was that when the Messiah arrives... The Messiah will look and act and be like a king. Not only will the Messiah look and act and be like a king, but the Messiah will gather unto himself an army. And when the Messiah gathers unto himself an army, he will defeat all of those oppressive empires that are beating down and oppressing the people of Israel. This is what the Jewish people of Israel were expecting when the Messiah came. Now with that in mind, I want you to listen to, to what takes place in Matthew chapter 11. Because it says, Now, uh, after Jesus had finished instructing His twelve disciples, He went on from that place to teach and preach in the towns around Galilee. And when John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, who was in prison heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or should we be expecting someone else? And Jesus said, go back to John and, and report everything that you hear and everything that you see. Tell John, the blind are receiving sight. 
The lame are walking. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The good news is being preached to the poor. So blessed is anyone who does not fall away on account of me. Now, if you're familiar with the scriptures, you you recognize John the Baptist's name. John as Jesus' cousin. John the Baptist as the forerunner of Jesus. The one who comes before Jesus and prepares the way for Jesus. The one who goes out in the desert and preaches the good news of Jesus. Telling people, look to him, look to him, look to him. This is the Messiah we've been waiting for. This is the Messiah we've been waiting for. And when they hear that, what do they hear? This is the king This is the one who's going to pull an army to himself. This is the one who's going to set us free from our oppressors. So John is into that message. John's preaching that message. John keeps uh, going in that direction. But then John gets on the, the wrong side of the political leaders of the day. John actually says some things about Herod, where he says Herod is not the one who is great. Actually, Herod is the one who's going to be defeated. Herod's doing some things over there. He married his, ex, uh, his brother's ex-wife, and he shouldn't have done that. And so Herod gets upset, and Herod arrests John and throws John into a dungy, dingy, dungy, dungeon prison. Dingy, dungy, dungeon. That's where John is. So if you can put yourself in that place, John the Baptist, the one that goes before Jesus the Christ, and he's been preaching Jesus. And he's been, been, been digging on Jesus. He baptized Jesus. He's like, Jesus, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. And now he says something about Herod. He gets thrown in this dungeon. And he's, he's chained to these dungeon walls. And he's cold. And it's wet. And he's just wondering, okay, when is Jesus going to do the Messiah kind of thing? And so he says to his disciples, hey, guys, go down there where Jesus is. And go ask him, hey, are you the one or did we get it wrong? Should we be waiting for someone else? Disciples go down. Jesus, are you the one? And Jesus says, go back and tell John, I'm the one. I'm the one. Tell him what you see. The blind see. The lame walk. The good news is being preached. There's, there's, There's good happening. I'm the one. And then tell John. Blessed is the one who doesn't fall away on account of me. I would suggest that John is having a rerouting moment. Because there's nothing about John's situation, there's nothing about John's circumstance that makes sense to the paradigm in which he has been raised. There's nothing that makes sense to John about the direction of his life at present. Because everything in John says, when the Messiah comes, my life will get better. When the Messiah comes, my enemies will be put away. When the Messiah comes, I will be raised up with the Messiah in that moment, in that time. And I will sit high and lofty with the Messiah. And Herod won't have power over me. And the Romans won't have power over me. And no one will have power over me because I'm with the Messiah. And yet the Messiah says, go back and tell John, listen, blessed are you if you don't fall away on the account that things in your life look differently than you thought they would. I want to take it a step further. Not long thereafter. Herod is having a party. And his new wife's 
daughter is dancing provocatively, and Herod's had a great deal to drink. He's having a great time at his party, and he, he's, he's enthralled by the dancing, and he says to the girl, he says, come here. He says, ask anything you want up to half of my kingdom, and I'll give it to you. It's not a smart thing to do, ever, especially not if you have a lot. And so she goes with her mom, and she says, hey, what, what should we do? And she says, I want John the Baptist's head on a platter. And so she goes back to Herod and she says, I want John the Baptist's head on a platter. And the scripture says that John, not wanting to do this, had already promised to had to be a man of his word. And so, can you imagine now when the guards go down and they take John, they say, John, let's go. John thinks, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is, maybe this is the time for the Messiah. He's, it, I'm, somehow I'm, they're busting me out of here. Maybe they'll, uh, they'll figure out a prison break or he'll, he'll just fly in and save the day. And then maybe the words in his ear, blessed are those who don't fall away on account of me. But that's okay. He's going he's gonna to do, Jesus is going to do the right thing. And then they take John and they, they lay him down and they put his head on that large stump and, and the, the executioner reaches for the axe. And, and maybe John's thinking, but it's coming. I know Jesus is not going to just leave me here. And he's going to figure this out. And he hears the words, perhaps, blessed are those who don't fall away on account of of the fact that I do things differently or that things go down differently than you might have expected. No, no, no. I, I, and the executioner, as he raises the axe, maybe John's thinking, now, Jesus, would be a really good time if you were ever going to show up and do something wonderful. And Jesus doesn't. Blessed are those who don't fall away on account of me when I do things differently. I think the, the rerouting here for John had to be unbelievable. I mean, everything he'd been taught his whole life about the Messiah wasn't panning out. It wasn't happening. It did not look the way he thought it was going to look. His life had taken a, a it had gone in a completely different direction. And so I wonder about us. Because I think there are times in our own lives where there's some rerouting. You know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm at an age where I thought I'd be married by now. And I'm not. Or maybe I'm at an age where I never thought I'd be divorced already. And I am. Or maybe I don't have that, that job that I thought I would have by now and my finances aren't where I thought they should be or the, my, my dream has been just thrown upon the rocks and it's been dashed. And, and all of that, we would all say that's all part of life and I, I agree that is all part of life. But there's this interesting, weird, tricky thing that happens to us when it comes to, to stumbling and bumbling and working our way through trying to follow Jesus. Because sometimes in our heads, we do have this, we have this thought or we have this, this movement that's like, well, you know, but I really, I, I thought God was going to do this. Or I thought God was going to do that. Or all the stories I heard always seemed to lead the way of God doing this or God doing that. And now God doesn't seem to be doing it. And maybe, maybe the words are, I know. I know, I know that's what you thought. I know that's what you expected. And, 
And I just I would say to you, as as the one who loves you more than anyone, God would say, and and blessed are those who just who keep kicking, and who who bumble and stumble, and and just don't, don't just don't fall away, just hang on and hang in, because there's still a trajectory for your life, and there's still a place that we're going. There's there's goodness, and there's mercy, and there's grace, and and there's 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 coming a day. And right now, in the midst of this, in the midst of life, in the midst of the chaos, the thing that I'm giving you is I, I give you my word that I'm with you that I'll press in with you, that you won't go through it alone. But at some point, there might need to be some rerouting in your experience and in your thought process and how God seems to operate. Because in my experience, God has not really operated the way that I thought God should operate sometimes. Um, or, or, or perhaps the things that I even felt. I mean, there have been times where I felt like God in my own Soul, I felt like God might have said something and, and then in, or spoken something and, and then it didn't come to pass. Or, matter of fact, it went the complete opposite. And it's kind of like, wait a minute. So, whatever it might be for us, what, what does it look like to reroute? I mean, how does really, how does one reroute? I think. One thing is to acknowledge, and I, I don't have a step-by-step playbook here for you. I don't know if I've ever given you that, nor probably will I ever, but I have a couple of thoughts for you. I think number one is it's always important to come back to acknowledging that life is a journey. And I know that sounds elementary, but sometimes I, I, I think that we, 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 we aim our lives at a particular destination, thinking that the destination is what we're supposed to get to, when I would suggest that getting to the potential destination is the actual journey. That's, that's what it is, because that's how you're shaped. That's how you are formed. That's how you are molded. That's how you learn mercy. That's how you learn kindness. That's how you learn forgiveness. That's how you learn to experience the presence of God. It's, it's getting there, wherever there is, is where we can, where we do most experience transformation in our lives and experience the presence of God and grow in the Spirit. But it comes back to acknowledging that, yeah, this this is this is the journey. This is where I find myself. This is what what's happening. The second thing is I, I would I would always suggest that we remember to mourn the parts of the journey that don't go the way we thought they would go, and not just sweep things under the rug, and not just be like, well. You know, I, it's, and some people, some of our personalities are different than others, but I'm not one that just something happens and I'm like, well, God's got a different plan. God's got a better plan. I mean, maybe that's true, but I'm not that guy and I'm not, and I won't be, and I don't want to be because it's not who I am. So I'm the guy who's going to say, get to that point at some time. I hope we do. I think we need to get to the place where our trust comes back around. We're like, okay. That happened. That is what it is. But it doesn't change that I, I still trust you, God, to hold me in your hands and to walk with me. But before you can get there sometimes, it's a, there's a mourning. There's a loss, whatever it might have been. And that's a human component to experience and to allow yourself to experience the loss and to mourn the loss, to, to experience and to allow yourself uh, the frustration or that the anger or the denial and all the things that come along 
before we get to acceptance sometimes. And that's okay. Another part of finding or, or rerouting that I would suggest to you is in those times, I would ask you, what kinds of practices do you have in your life that you use to help you remain grounded? Because it's in those moments when the road is closed and we're rerouting and the stuff hits the fan that a lot of times if we don't have something that tethers us to the, to the soil, we can lose our minds. And so what is it for you? What are those practices in your life that you use to keep you grounded, to keep you tethered? And, and those, those practices could be practices of prayer. They could be practices of meditation, practices of yoga, practices of running. You know, maybe you have a, a, a daily practice of, of jogging and getting out there or a daily practice of, you know, but it, it's something that keeps you tethered, keeps you grounded, something that allows you to, to have space in your mind. Those are practices that we talk about often. They're practices that I would suggest all the time in your everyday life. But then also that you would press even more firmly into them in the times where you really don't want to. Because you really don't want to when you're rerouting. How are you taking care of your soul? Because when you do that, when you have these practices, it gives you a chance to listen. Listen to your body. Listen to your emotions. Listen to your thoughts. Listen. In addition to that, what does it look like to listen to others when you're rerouting? One of my favorite things when I'm driving for Uber is when the map pops up, I'll always ask my drivers, it's telling me to go this way. Is that the way that you would like for me to go? Because I've learned after a number of times of following the Uber map, (laughs) hey, why are we going this way? Because the map said to. Yeah, this way is stupid. Don't listen to the map. Passengers, they like to express that. Oh, okay, well, which way would you like for me to go? Because they help me get there quicker sometimes. One of the best things that I've done, and I, I would highly recommend this, one of the best things that I've done in my spiritual journey about four years ago was I got a spiritual director. A spiritual director is someone I meet with once a month for one hour. And a spiritual director is someone who, their job, they sit with you and they, they listen to whatever it is that you want to talk about. And their job, their sole job, is to help you recognize the movements, the ebbs and the flows and the presence of the Spirit of God in your everyday, ordinary life through the things that you've been going through. Spiritual directors, really good ones, don't talk very much. But they listen And they ask questions and they co-discern with you, what what is God doing? What's God doing here now in your life? And if that's something that you've never experienced, I have, uh, I'm part of an organization called Sustainable Faith as a spiritual director. And therefore, in that, I have many friends who are spiritual directors. And and usually sessions cost anywhere from $50 to $80 an an hour, just depending on how long they've been directing and, and that kind of thing. But I would highly highly encourage you to to give it a whirl give it a shot and if you think that's something that you want to do especially if you're in a rerouting place uh talk to me and i'll i I can hook you up with someone who is a director but it's sometimes it's really helpful to have someone journey with you beside you they're not going to give you answers and then finally 
What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? And I think the only way you can get back to this is in those practices, those times of sitting and being still and saying, okay, God, I think I, think I thought that we were headed in this direction. Honestly, in my soul, I don't know that that's changed. But the way we're going to get there seems to have changed. So what, what are we going to do? What are you saying? Or is the destination still the same and we're just rerouting? Or has the destination itself even slightly changed? What are you saying, God, in this situation? And that's just, honestly, again, guys, that takes, that takes intentionality. We don't accidentally stumble on these kinds of things. And so my encouragement there to you tonight would be kind of like John. (laughs) God, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? You seem to have lost your way. It seems that you need my help. And God says, keep kicking. And blessed are those who don't fall away when I do things differently than they were anticipating.